0: Well, the U.S. was on holiday on Monday. Most of the movement was really in the U.K. and European yields over the last day with the Bank of England on Thursday, Aussie time. How high will they go and how much further? And will they keep going until something breaks, like the housing market, for example? Or are they and other central banks trying to spread fear in the hope that we'll spend less and stay home more and ask for less money? Uh, We'll get more on the RBAs thinking on that with their minutes out today and a couple of Fed speakers later on as well. But generally, another quiet day with some negative sentiment over China China as well, it's Tuesday, the twentieth of June. No longer the Juneteenth. In fact, it's Junetieth. It's the morning call from Nab. Good morning. The US dollar climbed a little today, up 0.3% on the DXY index. The Aussie down 0.4% to below 68.5 US cents. The euro is down 0.2%. The pound has lost a quarter percent. Uh, US equities were closed for Juneteenth, but we had uh, fairly big falls in Europe. The euro stocks 50 and the FTSE both down three quarters of 1%. The DAX down 1%. Materials was uh, a chunk of that because of uh, uh, more expected weakness out of China. And yields moving up in Europe, 10-year gilts up. A basis points to 4.48% ahead of the Bank of England later this week. Two years up 14 basis points, whereas Aussie 10 years yesterday down five basis points to 3.97%, but pushing back over 4% up to 4.05% on futures overnight. And oil is down 0.9% off WTI, 0.7% down for Brent, which is around $76 a barrel now. So it's been a quiet day uh, yesterday and a fairly quiet day ahead. Uh, But it all kicks off on, on Wednesday with the Bank of England, so maybe uh, maybe we can uh, touch on that very quickly with uh, NAB Sky Masters who joins me in Sydney. Uh, I mean, there does seem to be this expectation, doesn't there, from the Bank of England, and we're seeing that in, in bond yields today, that they are going to go hard, uh, you know, and are they going to go hard until something breaks? Are they trying to scare us?
1: Morning, Phil. Um, I'm not sure whether they're trying to scare us, but I think it's, you know, you're seeing it across most central banks um, still talking about the risks of, um, you know, in inflation not coming back as, as fast as, as expected and the need for, you know, potentially further um, moves higher in, in cash rates. So, you know, overnight, you've clearly seen that that fear um, feed through into the gilt market, whereas you've said there's been strong moves higher in yields there. Two-year gilts closed up 14 basis points overnight, 10 years up eight basis points um, that um, you know, I th- and I think it's uncertainty ahead of the CPI report, which comes out ahead of the BoE BoE meeting. And there's that speculation or uncertainty, you know, will the BoE have to go um, fifty basis points, not twenty five? Um, and I guess the you know people are waiting for that CPI report to to cement those expectations. NAB is is looking for um, the BoE to go twenty five. Um, but, you know, the risks of further, further hikes after that. And looking at the OIS market, it's now, um, it moved up um, 10 basis points overnight in terms of where it sees the peak of the BOE um, um, rate. So it's now close to 6% um, and pricing in, you know, nearly 150 basis points worth of hikes from, from here. Um, and, you know, I guess adding to, so, so that's all weighed on, on the gilt market. Um, and then across in Europe, you've had some um, mixed comments out of, out of ECB members. Lange was sort of pushing back on, on the, the prospects of further rate hikes post the July um, meeting, but Schnabel was, was talking up the need for the ECB to go go again post the July well, uh, yeah, Lane is
0: basically saying it's all over. Red Rover in a couple of years, isn't he? Saying we'll be back down to the ECB two percent target in, in two years. Obviously, data dependent. Blah blah blah. But uh, but a couple of years seems quite optimistic.
1: Yes, yeah, and and I think you yeah, know, looking looking at market moves, it was probably more Schnabel's um, fear of you know f- further rate hikes to come, which is um, which has been the focus for bond markets. So you know, an, an interesting like, So you've seen. Um, you know, obviously U.S. Treasuries were closed um, overnight, but you know European bond yields yields are higher on 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 those sort of fear factor around what central banks have to do from here, um, and I think that's weighed on on equity markets. So that plus you know downward revision revisions to um, China growth forecasts from economists. Um, I think it's probably weighed on on equity markets overnight, which have closed lower.
0: Yeah, and uh, and we had you know a bit of action out of China in that the U.S. Secretary of State has been meeting with President Xi, and I think maybe I don't know what people were expecting. I mean, it was just a you know a handshake and let's be nice to each other, but nothing concrete. But I mean, what do you expect? I mean, but but I guess though it was still there was obvious tensions as well between the U.S. and China. And again, what what do you expect? But I guess the other thing was, you know, we were expecting by now they might have announced some sort of stimulus package. Uh, I mean, we are expecting that they're going to drop their one or five year loan rate today. But uh, but no word of any f- fiscal stimulus yet.
1: No, not yet. And I think sort of that combined with, you know, economists revising down growth forecasts sort of has weighed on the on the UN. And then it's obviously put down pressure on, on the Aussie and, and Kiwi dollars um, over the last 24 hours. Um, but you know you can not on the geopolitical sense it is it is a positive you know that that president Xi and 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 you know um blinken did did speak and they were talking
0: um so you can't ignore that. But I mean, I wonder whether you know it seems data is still very confusing, isn't it? In that you know people still seem to be coping. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Bank of England. So, if the Bank of England was to get up to six percent, for example, people who bought a house or, or renegotiated a mortgage on a five-year mortgage at like one point oh five percent, what are they going to be like at six percent, where it might be adding another grand a month. You know, that's 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 going to change behaviour. That's what the, the point about you know are they going to break the economy uh, with with these sorts of moves? And is it is it really just are they just there signalling with the intention that hopefully it'll change behaviour without the intention to actually carry through with it all? Is there a bit of that going on?
1: Oh, I think there is. I mean, I think, you know, there's there's a, um, you know, uh, you can give it an effect by by talking things up, you know, but it, it's mm. interesting. It's sort of this time a year ago. I don't think any of us would have thought that you'd be, you know, talking about um, central bank. Cash rates peaking north of north of five percent. We would have thought by now that you would have, you know, started to really see that feed through into, into growth and activity, um, you know, the labour market and inflation. But but we're not yet, um, or not convincingly. And so, um, you know, I think that's that's um, you know. I, influencing central bank
0: central yeah. bank commentary and and, um, and the data can be confusing as well can't it you know in that for example you know you look at uh, housing in the United States so the NAHB housing market index came in at 55 for June up from 50 which is the highest since last July so you'd be saying ah oh, the housing market is fine but of course a big chunk of that is because it's new homes and people aren't selling their established houses because they don't want to renegotiate a mortgage while rates are so high but people still want houses so you got to look at for every every bit of data you've almost got to look at mm, what is the real reason for this it looks positive but actually that that's that's bad news in a way
1: I mean you, you could you could view it as bad news but just as you say, it's it's mixed so it's hard it's hard to 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 sort of rationalize it, it all um you know at, at the end of the day there's still demand for housing isn't there um, so if you can't get the existing housing because people don't want to sell, then you've got to go to the new. So, so there's, there's still demand. So, you know, and I think you're seeing that across different um, countries where, and, and we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, the interest-sensitive housing markets are rebounding, um, mm. you know, and you're seeing that in Australia as well. And so that's at a time when central banks haven't even finished their tightening, um, and that's quite, you know, that's quite unusual. So, um,
0: and can spare them on, of course. They're going well. If they're going well, actually, we're not causing that much damage to the housing market just yet. We can afford to do more, I guess.
1: So, you know, the NHB um, report was was quite interesting overnight, and it did surprise very much to the upside. Um, so, you've got you've got some more housing data out tonight in the US. Starts and permits. So it'll be interesting to see what they. Um, what they come out as, um. yeah. but in terms of in terms of the data and and the mixed um, data, you know, New Zealand yesterday there performance service
0: index
1: rose, you know, 3.2 points to 53.3, so it's only just below the long-term average now.
0: Yeah, Um, and and in fact they've been in positive territory now because they revised April, didn't they, from 49.8 to 50.1, so they have been expanding over 50 only just, uh, I mean, uh, since, you know, early last year. Yes,
1: yeah, you know, you've had two, two negative GDP prints out of New Zealand, but then, you know, you're getting this positive sign out of the service index, and and you know our BNZ and yeah. colleagues are saying, you know, they're they're now leading towards um, you know, not a third successive quarterly decline in GDP, but possibly the net, you know, QT GDP being being a
0: small positive. So what does that mean for the central bank then? Do they go, well, okay, so there's growth, there's still the risk of inflation? We haven't finished yet.
1: Yeah, I mean I think this is this is the um, you know, the, the point I think for central banks is is um you know, maybe you know, we are close to the peak. Um, but with, with sort of the mixed data out there, it's not a clear signal that they quickly have to turn and, and take, take cash rates lower. Um, so I think you know RBNZ colleagues' view is is that you know um, the RBNZ won't be you know won't be cutting rates until till next year. So
0: the RBA their minutes are out today from that meeting at the start of the month when they surprised many they pushed up interest rates twenty five basis points so they've, they've warned of more to come uh, and since then of course we've had a strong labour market report as well so I mean th- th- these minutes will presumably reinforce that hawkish stance but you know given the, the labour market data. Every reason to be even more hawkish since.
1: Yeah, so they'll, you know, there will be, um, you know, people will be interested to see what 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 the commentary was in in the minutes. I mean, the market is now um, pricing fully pricing in two hikes by October. NAB's forecasting um, a hike in July and August. Um, so, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see if there's any guidance within the minutes around, you know, whether the RBA does want to pause or, you know not, you know, that, that they want to keep keep moving um, without pausing. I think that there'll also be um, a little bit of focus in the minutes on whether there's any more, dis- there was any more discussion around um, QT. I know you spoke about that with Ray yesterday. Um, there's a lot of, um, after that AFR article, there's a lot of speculation in the market now around, um, you know, when the RBA um, might start or consider um, QT, And today we've also got, as you say, we've got the minutes out, but we've got um, um, Michelle Bullock speaking later today as well. So there'll be a lot
0: of attention and
1: focus on that speech.
0: Yeah. And uh, in the States, they are back. they got their feedback under the desk. Uh, Bullard and Williams speaking from the Fed. Uh, so we'll be hanging on to their every word and counting how many times they say data dependent. Uh, and, uh, you know, for any clues about where their heads at. But uh, other than that, another quiet day, it seems. Uh, so we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Sky. Thanks, Phil. And that is the morning call for this Tuesday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.